what shape I'm in. I can't sing, I ain't pretty, and my legs are thin. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answers that you want me to. Now we're doing stuff. Now stuff's happening. Yeah, we missed the heckling. Um, well, and you're, I mean, I still look at the Waverly things at the bottoms, and yours are like off the chart on the top and the bottom. Mine are like right within the meme. Yeah. No, you look good on mine, and mine looks good this end. I've got the soundboard set up as well, and there's no red lights, so. Guess what? You stole my backpack from my childhood. You can have it back. I don't use it. <laughs> I was like, he stole my backpack. I didn't steal it. You, it was what we kept the the shit in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, like I said, you can have it. Like I don't use it. I always hated that backpack as well. It's halfway so. across the country. <laughs> well, it's all I'll the way across the you. country, actually. I'll ship it halfway. You. Yeah. You like you like my little office set up here with the stuff in the background. I got the Scotland flag over one shoulder. Yeah, you just went you went fuzzy, so I can't see you now. Oh, can you? you... All right, well, I can see the stuff in the background, kind of, but it's all blurry. There we go. All got... things don't deserve the same time, focus, or energy. My light board, so I can put I put a different quote or question or something on it every day, and then on the far right there, or over my right shoulder, but you're probably looking at it, my left shoulder. Green Bay. Um, that's my Packer stock. I'm an NFL owner. Oh, look at you. God, I knew you were going to be big time. Yeah. <laughs> My one Packer stock. I was going to say 0.00000001% or whatever. I'm still an NFL owner. Are you? Nope. Yeah. I own Apple and Amazon. Yeah. And Tesla and all those massive corporations. <coughs> oh, I'm just here dying. Um, yeah, so... We have no topic, by the way. This was just, I asked Ben to come on. So This was, yeah. So actually, it's like going back to the old days. It's pretty stereotypical to jump on mm -hmm. a recording with no topic. No, we always had we always had a loose topic. I just figured it'd be fun for you to give a catch-up and for us to talk shit and well, about what's I mean, going on in the world. Framing <laughs> framing this, right? I mean, we're in, yeah, we're in two separate sides of the country now. I mean, you're not in Spokompton anymore. You're in an 80-degree sun-soaked land of flow rider we're saying that but the golf tournament that's, i've got it on in the background by the way um the golf <laughs> tournament that's going on in jacksonville right now just south of jacksonville they aren't that sorry the the players they're getting rained out we had some gnarly thunder and lightning storms and rain here yesterday but it's cleared out and sunny today you did get it yesterday yeah yeah well you guys will get some wicked storms i'm sure down there you know mm -hmm. whereas spokane's a little tamer yeah, in almost I every get... aspect of weather, minus the four seasons, the madness of four seasons. <laughs> I get three hundred days of sunshine a year here, though. Sorry, three hundred and sixty days of sunshine. So there's only five days where it's all the way rainy all day. So even that's if it rains pretty... in the morning, the sun comes out. That's pretty spectacular. We do not get that. We get sixty days of sunshine. No, you get more than that. I, I think it, I think it's mid two hundreds you get in Spokane. You're not it Seattle. Nice. Seattle gets less than a hundred, I believe. Sunshine. What's yeah, that? Seattle would be depressing. Seattle and Portland, I mean, depressing for many reasons. No offense to those that are listeners in those states or those cities. Yeah, if you're but still there, what's you're today, Stephen? Do you know what today is? Um, what is today? It is the last day that Washingtonians have to wear a mask in indoor facilities. Well, you better get your mask on. 
<laughs> I'm going to burn it. Yeah. So I was just in Oklahoma City for four days. Flew, well, three days. I flew in Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, and left Wednesday morning. So three days, four days, three nights um, for work stuff. And I walked into the airport and was like, oh, shit. I need a mask. I had to, I had to go back to the car to get a mask that was, uh, thankfully, I had one um, in my glove box from Washington Times. I'm sure that was clean and healthy. Oh, um, totally. <laughs> I did that exact same thing a few weeks ago when we were going to Sonoma. And I, I've got like, I was so good about like focusing on my bag and making sure I had everything I needed in my bag for the weekend that we were down there that I didn't think at all about a coat or a mask. And so we're like rolling. We get in, I close the door to the truck. I'm like, oh, crud, Lauren, I didn't grab a jacket. And it's only supposed to be like 60, which means it's going to be cold in the evening down there. And then we're rolling to the airport. I'm like, frickin' A, I didn't even grab a mask either. <laughs> like, dang it. Yeah. You would think after two years that we would kind of have this down, this whole mask thing. Like, oh, yeah, you, know, you got to breathe. And I still just don't. It's just not in my nature. I think I consciously decided that I wasn't going to make it second nature. Like, I refused to subscribe to that shit. Yeah. Um, you got something going on outside your door there? People walking by. Yeah, I got that down on the street there. You've seen the view I've got. Yeah, um, your view is different than mine. Mine's just the inside of a fluorescently lit hallway. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I think it was conscious for me, the mask thing. I'm like, this needs to go away. Um, and I don't need to at this time make any kind of pre-statement that this isn't a political statement, but the masks don't do anything. It's silly. Um, you saw whole... that video I sent you guys. <laughs> getting Wearing masks to get a cover up COVID is like getting too close to a hooker and getting an STD or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, that, that'll probably cause some people. Sorry. Triggered. Yeah. yeah, be triggered. You know what? Like, I think in the last two months and I mean, the fact that California, Oregon, and Washington are now saying, yeah, let's not wear masks outside. I thought you still had to wear them inside. I thought it was just the outside. He'd no, take they're dropping that. I mean, some, like healthcare settings, uh, airplanes. I guess our airplanes, that's more federal. But healthcare settings and uh, businesses still have the right, obviously, to ask you to put yeah. a mask on, which that's their prerogative. Like, it, you know, that's yeah. good, whatever. And it's your prerogative to be like, yeah, I don't want to do that, so I'll go somewhere else that doesn't do that. Totally. Yeah, if you don't want to wear it, then go next door. And if they're not making it work, have for your lunch there. And for the record, that's not cancel culture. I think that's how it used to be, right? If you didn't like something, you stopped going. You didn't organize and try and get everybody else to do what you were doing. And if somebody invited you, you'd be like, hey, I don't want to go there. Like, that's not my thing. Like, I'll meet you somewhere else. But, you know, yeah. you do you. And It's this amazing thing called a free market. God, yeah. it's a novel concept where people were able to make their own decisions. And if they didn't like the way that somebody else was conducting business, they didn't. They weren't a patron. They went somewhere else. And yeah. then guess what? If enough people went somewhere else, the business went out of business. But if there's a niche and there's a market for it and people are fine, people went and there. And the on, business occasion, on occasion, there might have been something so egregious that a lot of people did it. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily this organized shit. But I think the last two years, you and I might have talked about this multiple times. The last two years for me have created two major issues, right? And the first one being data analysis has been shockingly and woefully bad. Like we can go for the last two years, we've been able to go on the CDC website and look at statistics and see 
and draw our own conclusions, regardless of whether we're doctors or not, because that was kind of the argument early on, right? Like, well, you're not a doctor. What do you know? And it's like, no, but I'm pretty good at statistics. I do that shit daily. Like numbers are kind of my jam, your jam too. So I can look at stats and draw correlation and get to the, the correlation isn't always causation, but at the same time, it's like numbers tend not to lie unless what's that old saying? If you torture the data enough, it'll tell you anything. Um, But so that's the first thing I think statistically and from a data standpoint, it's been a lesson in how not to apply data. Um, And then the second thing is inconsistency has just been like, we make rules and there's been this lack of second and third order effects and what, what's that going to do? Right. So the whole let's close restaurants down. Okay. What's that going to do? Well, let's move restaurants from outside, inside to outside. Let's bring inside, outside, and then bring outside, inside by, remember the time when you had to go places and they had to have like a certain amount of windows and doors open and someone had done some calculation and it's like, okay, so now you've got people with propane heaters right at the door blowing frigging basically exhaust fumes in. Yeah, putting CO2 into the, yeah. Well, and then they, they had outdoor tents. So they put a heater in an outdoor tent and then close it. And you're like, yeah wow, this is just thinning the herd here. Yeah, I'm sure this is healthy. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> uh, So inconsistent. What, what was the biggest inconsistency? Oh, you can come in a restaurant. You have to wear a mask for the 10 feet from the door to your table. But once you're sitting down, you can take it off. And you yeah, don't have to put it on until you stand up again. That was the whole mm-hmm. joke, that meme going around when you're standing. It's like COVID, yeah. sit down, no COVID. COVID, no COVID. COVID, mm-hmm. no COVID. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. My favorite, my favorite story, and I feel sorry for the poor girl because um, she was young. I could tell she was young. I went one night, and this must have been – so you and I went to Vegas in March right before all this shit happened, remember? Mm-hmm. And then it was like a week. Like March 15th or something that basically it was like two weeks, slow spread, shut everything down. Um, so it must have been like April or May. We were a little bit into it. It was still novel for most people to get on a Zoom call. And I'm like, shit, I do this all day, every day, and have done for a long time. And this isn't fun. Um, you know, doing it at nighttime as well and happy hours and wine tastings online. And it was kind of, no, I want real people and real interactions. So anyway, one night I decided I was going to go to Sonic. I wanted a bacon double cheeseburger. I just did a, which isn't uncommon for me. Um, I wanted a cheeseburger and I went to Sonic in Spokane and sorry for calling them out. Um, Hopefully the owners hear this and realize how silly this rule was. But everybody was concerned that there was going to be some kind of meat shortage. Um, So I I go through a number one is some kind of burger. A number two is a bacon cheeseburger. And a number three is like a bacon double cheeseburger. So basically a number two, but with an extra patty. And I ordered a number three. I wanted a double bacon cheeseburger fries and a milkshake I think it was and the poor girl she's like well I can't do a number three because it's two patties would you like a number two and without thinking or blinking I just went well can I have two number twos and she's like yeah and I'm like so I can't have two patties on one burger but you'll give me two patties as two separate burgers (laughs) and awkward silence on the other end she's like i can only do a number two so do you want a number two and i'm like no i want a number three i just don't want to have to go to the hassle of putting it together myself yeah 
<laughs> so again, awkward silence. And she's like, so do you want one? And I was like, no, I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm like, you tell, you tell whoever made that rule that I think they're silly. And I'm going to go across the street to Carl's Jr. and get a bacon double cheeseburger. And they'll put an onion ring on it. And that's what I did. <laughs> that, poor, <laughs> that poor kid just like trying to do their job. And then here comes mean Steven. Asking yeah, but, for a double bacon cheeseburger and complaining first world problems over here. But someone made that rule, right? To where it's like, okay, you're thinking we might run out of patties. It's like, why does it matter if you run out of patties serving double burgers or single burgers? Like, if you're going to run out of patties, you're going to run out of patties. And why is someone yeah. that buys two single burgers more important than someone who who's going to eat them both, by the way? Like, how are you going to police that, right? Like, oh, I'm buying for me and my family, so I'll have two singles. It's just, it made no sense to me. And this They're poor girl had to enforce that rule. Now. Yeah, like that poor girl had to enforce that rule. I think that's my favorite COVID story. Just, come on, that's yeah, silly. No logic with some of that, but. Yeah. So you, you, you're down in Florida. How long have you been in Florida for now? I got here on December 27th. So December almost three months. Three months? Yeah. How's it going? Oh, I love it. I, I. I know that's just a really short answer, so I'll elaborate a little bit, and people that do listen will know this already. But um, yeah, I also had, a, yeah, you you yeah. <laughs> you know I had that procedure on my back right before I left as well. Yeah, so yeah. Between that and the weather, like every day, my body feels good. I, I'm not in pain. I'm just yeah, life's good. My skin's good. I'm I'm actually tan, believe it or not. I'm not pink. Um, cause I'm getting vitamin D every day. I'm out there walking with Ollie and spending time in the sun and, um, doing it the right way where I don't just get fried to a crisp, you know, the first yeah. time the sun comes and everybody in Spokane is like shirts off and shorts. And it's like, ouch the next day, you know? Yeah. And it's still only 60 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> they got the shirt off <laughs> mowing the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. So the week after I got here, I actually, um, I think it dropped in the like the mid forties. So I still hadn't adjusted. I'd came from Spokane to Chicago, spent three days there with my brother and his family, and then came down here. So it was beautiful the first couple of days, and then it got cold, quote unquote, here. Um, and I was watching NFL games, and I'm just wearing a t-shirt, a Packers t-shirt at the bar down the street here, which doesn't even have front doors, by the way. Like it's, I, I don't yeah. know if I've, like it's where I take my dog. It's like completely open. You can sit in the street. You can sit. Inside it has a roof, but it's like completely open, like there's open no air bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's huge, it's awesome. So when you visit, you'll get to see it. But there's people, women and men, wearing like down jackets and fluffy hats, and I'm looking around going, You people are broken. <laughs> <laughs> their gauges, yeah, their temperature gauge is off. Yeah. So no, it's it's going well. Um, I I had some friends here. I've made new friends. Um, I'm I mean, my neighbor's right next door. It's a couple with a, a little baby. Um, she's oh, wow. nine months old, and he comes over here to get away from them, and we go up to the rooftop and sit and have a beer most cool. nights now. And yeah, just things are good. Um, but yeah, let's give. I mean, people haven't heard from you since August. So, what's your life updates? You've got a lot going on. A lot. I don't know. I mean, I, I whenever somebody asks me, I'm like, yeah, same stuff, different day, right? Maybe no. don't say stuff, but I mean, no, it's, uh, it's last year. I, was, to, I was going to say, do I need to prompt, or are you going to actually tell people? You, you, that you can always here? prompt me too. It doesn't hurt, but all right, no, well, go, go, go with your thoughts, and I'll jump in. 
What's that? Go with your go with your thoughts, and I'll jump in. Okay. I mean, it's my life has been so great since I stopped doing this podcast with Stephen. Everything has gone up five hundred percent. I have so much more time. I'm so much happier. I, oh God, life is just so great since since August. And nobody makes fun of you once a week. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get to actually vocalize my opinion, not have it challenged. Oh, it's a crazy concept in life here. But no, so I mean, summer has been great. Last year, uh, I mean. Gosh, Charlie, our our youngest would have been just over a year old then when I left O2E. So, in uh, I mean, boys are doing great. We sh- sure it feels like, though, the last few months, man, we're just like in a doldrum of kids being sick. And, you know, they couldn't go to school because they're sick. So we're juggling work schedules. And Lauren's cut back work even just, to, you know, Tuesdays and part uh, Thursdays. Partially. That's a big step. That is a big step. And we were very excited about that. And that's been a nice life transition for us. Just being able to have a little bit uh, more time, you know, to take a breath in the mornings too, for me to just get up and shower and, you know, have breakfast with the boys and not feel rushed. And then she can take them to school and I can go to work and mm-hmm. get there at a time that I feel good about. Uh, I don't I, I'm, I don't, a lot of guys are this way, but I wake up in the morning and I'm ready to go. Right. It's like, I want to go t- to work i don't want to be encumbered uh which is not necessarily a nice thing to say by anything in the morning <laughs> I mean, you just kind of go it's like you're you're in go mode when you're a guy and you wake up right so it's like i, I want to go i want to get get my stuff together i want to get my mental headspace right and then get to work and uh i still uh have the boys on tuesday but with, which is nice right because it gives me some intentional morning time with them to be able to get them out of bed and get them ready for the day and help them get their breakfast together and share a meal in the mornings. And I'm thinking like, even when I'm older, you know, and they're older and in school, like we might still do that, like get up and go to a diner, you know, or something like that. Right. To have like that Tuesday morning, every Tuesday morning, get up with the boys, take them to school and go hit up the diner and get some hot cocoa and pancakes before uh, school type thing, which I think is cool. But right. Yeah, I really don't think dad's cool anymore. Yeah. And then they'll not want to do that unless I bribe them with a hundred bucks or something every Tuesday. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'll hang out with you for a hundred bucks every Tuesday. Well, it's going to them at some point anyways. It's not going to you. So I might as well front load it early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, work's been great. Had my best year ever last year. Uh, I mean, I, you know, we were hence, talking hence about Lauren cutting back on the work. Hence Lauren cutting back on the work. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, you know, Put up numbers that I didn't expect. I don't think we as a firm were putting up five years ago. And so, and I put them up myself now. So it's pretty impressive what we're doing here at 10 Capital. And it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's certainly been stressful. <laughs> Seven years of grinding, you know, here at the firm to grow from 120 million to 850 million where we're at now. So that was pretty cool to see us, you know, become now the largest independent in Spokane and we're super stoked to be doing events again. We're doing our March Madness event next Friday. I so saw you're doing today. it. You're doing it in house though, right? That's why you well, guys we rented out that main corridor in the building. So it's got the big screen TVs that go all down it with mm-hmm. like big, you know, projector screens. Is that new? The TVs? And maybe since you've been there, they're not TVs, they're projectors, like oh, big, big, yeah. projection screens. So they got big projection screens that go all the way down that corridor now. And they'll just play movies rotating most of the time. But mm-hmm. we've rented it out and 
going to do a, just a, those have always been one of the best events. They're so much fun. I mean, we get 350 people that roll through there and it's just a blast. I mean, it's 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. So it's did, a I long see, day. did I see, did I see, segue, hold your thought. Um, yeah. High tide shut down, right? High tide shut down. Bosco shut down. Bosco reopened as a burger joint yesterday. Oh, good. Are they open on Mondays or are they still only open like half a day a week? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so I think Bosco's is open all the time. Well, yeah, now just, just to Burger, put, maybe it will or won't be. Just to put color to what I'm saying, Ben's in a building that kind of has this um, communal space out front that had like coffee shops and restaurants and such. But every Monday I would get there. It didn't matter. So I actually did some morning meetings there when Jake was hosting our men's group as well. Yeah. The coffee shop was never open. The yeah. restaurants, I don't think, opened on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah, I didn't um, get that. No lunch. Yeah. And it just seemed like they were against making money. I'm pretty sure one of the restaurants, I won't say which, was just laundering money somehow. Um, but <laughs> it's, it just blew my mind. And I knew a lot of the owners as well, which is I, I just didn't understand the thought process. Like, why the hell are you shut? Two of the busiest days. Like, you're not going to get an evening crowd. So lunch is your thing. So you should yeah. be open business days at least. I think they do get an evening crowd, though. That's the interesting thing. Like the evening crowd and the building does stuff in the evenings as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they get a crowd from that, but they got a taco joint going in where high tide was. Okay, cool. Doing like, I was like, that is much more appropriate for the area than a $40 lobster roll. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go out and spend 40 bucks on a lobster roll for lunch. That's pretty, that's pretty uh, expensive. I did it once and I did it. As a work thing, so I could expense it. And I'm not even cheap. You know, I'll spend a lot of money on food. But yeah. the very the concept of like I think at that point it was thirty two dollars. Grab and go for forty dollars? Like yes. Yeah. yeah, like thirty thirty two dollars or whatever it was for the lobster roll and I left still hungry. It was delicious. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that's I don't think Spokane's there yet. Well, that's where atmosphere comes in, right? Like mm-hmm. you can justify forty dollar prices for lobster with atmosphere and it's a cool atmosphere but it's not the right atmosphere for 40 dollar lobster rolls <laughs> a lobster roll and a pla- uh, sorry a, a paper i wouldn't even know what you call it the things that like, like hot dogs come in yeah yeah the boat yeah this is so. a little serving thing but so no, yeah that's why awesome. that's yeah, why i jumped in on that for color just to just to be like yeah in ben's building this is why i asked if they're open more than half a day a week it just yeah and the, the coffee joints open all the time now which is good well, yeah. So, yeah, so they're open all the time. But no, it's starting to hum down here again, too, which is nice to see the livelihood start to pick up, right? And uh, yeah. we're having fun. Lauren and I going on vacations a little bit, you know, excited for summer, stoked to get out to the lake. I don't know if I, I you know, that we bought a surf boat last year. So, it's mm-hmm. like stoked to go out and play on the water and try that out. I'm a terrible surfer. I got to figure out how to let go of the rope. I can get up, you know, I can get up with Weston on the board, too, but I cannot throw the rope in. <laughs> like, I cannot catch the wave. So it's going to be a little practice for Benji this summer, trying to not, uh, you know, not lose it. I've been pretty good about working out too, actually. So, you know, yeah. if they got the Pelotons at the office, so we've been jumping on those suckers, we being my fat butt, been jumping on those things and trying to do three days a week. And uh, when I was sick and then we went to uh, traveling, I didn't, I missed a week or two. So that, that, that wasn't great, but back on it again, got doing it today. Got my bag, my little orange bag that Steven likes so much. My little orange <laughs> gym bag. It's just so tiny compared to you. Um, I know. You're, you're a big tree, big tree fall hard. 
Big, big tree. <laughs> big tree fall hard. What's that? Big bear. Big bear chase me. Big bear chase me. Big bear run. <laughs> Chris or, uh, Candy. Uh, John Candy, is it? In oh God, what's that movie? I don't know. Oh, it's John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, uh, The Great Outdoors. Oh, yeah. Big tree fall hard. Um, big bear. Big bear chase me. Big bear. <laughs> um. Yeah, so are you seeing are you seeing and feeling a difference with the exercise? Are you feeling good? I, feel, I mean, you can certainly see it afterwards, right? When I do a, a ride, you know, and I'll be tired going into it, and I'm like, just go, go. <laughs> and you get mm-hmm. on it, and then at the end, like it, you're just in a different headspace too. I think, which is one of the nicest parts about it, right? And yeah. For me, it just takes finding my thing. Like I, the gym and having to try and do circuits was hard for me too because it's just one more thing I think that I mentally had to do. Right. Instead of just being sitting in one spot and being told <laughs> what to yeah. do. And, you know, I'm not big on having a bunch of people around. Like I like my space when I'm working out. So to like have to talk to people and have them, you know, are you using these weights, bro? It's like, no, bro, get out of my face right now. I don't even want to see you. <laughs> like, go, go away. I just want to do my thing and get out of here. So that's been good just to like have my stationary thing, get up, sit down, pedal fast, pedal slow, hills, you know, like that's been kind of fun. And the competition aspect of it, you know. I think you said, or somebody else, has, Jake has said it before too. Like you're one of the most competitive people for never having played the sport. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like you'll compete hard, and usually people get that because they were in you know, sports in high school, college. I was never. I did DECA. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm but glad I competed you- like a mofo in that. I wrote business plans like nobody's business and went to state, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I actually experienced that when I was in Oklahoma. So I, I made the deal with my team. So they're all they're, they they they'll drink, they'll stay up and drink. And you know me, I'm an early early riser, and I basically gave them the Kobe the Kobe Bryant pitch that he always gave to rookies. He's like, "Hey, I'll come to the club with you. I'll hang out, but you do what I want to do tomorrow, which means waking up at four a.m. and going to the gym. So I'm all in as long as you're all in the next day, kind of thing. So I kind of put that on the table last week, and then so get in Sunday and there's events every night and obviously there's booze and there's food and there's, I'm tapping out early still, but by Tuesday I was exhausted. So Tuesday morning I opened my eyes and I'm like, yeah, the gym isn't happening. There's no, there's no amount of uh, caffeine or pre-workout that's going to make me feel good about this. So then I planned on doing it at lunch and one of the sessions went long and there's a lot of internal connections and stuff going on. There's 1500 of us together. So got pulled to a few things and, so then I had a two-hour break in the afternoon before our awards dinner. Um, and everybody was going home for a nap to their hotel room. And I'm like, I'm actually going to go to the gym because I'll feel more energized, to your point, after training. So I went and lifted for an hour and felt great for the rest of the night and got out of there Wednesday morning. Well, you probably so, slept really well that night too. I did, yeah. yeah I, also, I also did the Irish, the Irish goodbye as well, like... I went and saw a couple of people that I knew would be cool with me just leaving and the people that were going to party into the wee hours. I was like, yeah, I don't need to say bye to you. I'm yeah, well, they me. probably forgot that you were even there because they were probably already a few sheets to the wind. I got like. some text messages that I woke up to the next day, but my phone goes into sleep mode, so none of that gets alerted or anything. Every night at 9 o'clock, if you text me. So technically 6 o'clock Spokane time, like I have to oh, be yeah. – yeah, so nine o'clock, nine fifteen comes around, and have you seen it where you text someone and it says that 
notifications are off and you can notify yeah. them anyway. Yeah. My phone's in complete sleep mode where none of those come through. So I wake up to messages from Washington every day. Well, you so know I what? Though? If I call you twice, I think it breaks that. Like if I call you twice within like a minute, <laughs> it'll... Yeah, it'll that's... That's traditional do not disturb. So I think I yeah. taught you that. Like I would call you and your phone was in do not disturb. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, just call you a second rain? time. Yeah. Um, but not on the sleep mode. On the sleep mode, it's focused. So it actually won't take a call. I've got yeah. three or four numbers that I've made available that can call me. So like people that would call me in an emergency kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so you can set all that. Apple That's set. cool. I'll have to play with that a little because I always put my phone on do not disturb at night. Yeah. You know, so it would be interesting to. So what, actually... what you do is you make a favorite list and then you can go into that favorite and you can set the settings. Like they can always call you. They can always text you. So like Lauren would always be able to get a hold of you, even if yeah. you were on do not disturb kind of thing. Huh. Good to know. So, yeah. I need to go on her phone and do that too, because her phone is always on do not disturb. Oh, my I've phone's always on silent. I can't tell you the last time my phone made a noise. Oh no, my I never have mine on like a yeah. sound. It's always on vibrate as well. But I mean, yep. hers is not just on vibrate. It's on do not disturb. <laughs> so I've got, I've got Brian here just now, right? Brian Scott, who we had as, yeah. we had as a guest. Um, and I was sitting next to him last night and his phone kept beep, 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 beep. I was like, switch that off. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because it's annoying. Going, like, are you going to answer it? He's like, no. And I was like, then why do you need to know that you're getting something? Like, just switch off the damn noise. Like, yeah, you're acting like an old man. And he is an old man, I guess. He's 10 years older than me. So, um, but yeah, he's uh he's away watching his daughter just now, so this worked well when we had this window to. Was um, he staying at your place? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's staying here. His daughter's yeah. in a hotel with a team, but he's like, "Yeah, I'll stay with you." You got the guest room all set up. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good to go. Nice. Um, well, yeah, we'll have to get down there at some point and check uh, check out the digs. Yeah, I've never been to any Florida except for Orlando one time. And it was for yeah. a conference. So it's like, I've not really been to Florida. I mean, we did a fan boat ride on one of the lakes and drove around yeah. a little bit. So I got the gist of Orlando, but it was not an attractive city. No offense to anybody. Orlando is, so it's it's inland, right? So there's a reason yeah. that Walt Disney was able to buy up hundreds and thousands of acres. Good point. Because back in the 60s, it was, I mean, literally swampland and flatland. And it's so far inland and gets so hot in the summer and humid. It's It's kind of miserable. But Disney and Universal are there, and there's a lot built up around that now. Um, being on the coast in Florida is different. It's kind of like being in Spokane versus being in Seattle, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like, there's cool things to both, but most people want to be by the water if they yeah. can. Um, you just don't want to deal with the lunatics over there and their politics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> over there, you mean Seattle? Yeah, King yeah. County. But no, Orlando is cool to visit. And you can say you've been in Florida, but it's not what Florida's like. Like you get to the coasts yeah. in Florida and the West Coast is so different from the East Coast as well. Like where I am is very much more laid back, whereas the yeah. East Coast is more like New Yorker-y, kind of fast-paced. East Coast and, of Florida, because you're on the Gulf side. Yeah, I'm on the Gulf yeah. side. Yeah, so just not the Atlantic side. Some contacts, not the East Coast versus Pacific, yeah, Atlantic Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gulf versus oh. Atlantic. Yep. Well, you know, and I, I do want to come check it out sometime because I see pictures of, you know, some of the cities on the coast and Florida does not seem expensive in some areas too. When you look at the price of a home, like I'm like, I can get a freaking waterfront condo. Like what the heck for the yeah. price of like 
you know, a nice home in Spokane or something. Like that's the thing. People here think the home prices are crazy, and I'm like, that house without the ocean next to it in Spokane is the same price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I you're, promise you're, your 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 prices here are not crazy. But well, I, I was telling Lauren, I was like, I never thought there'd be a period of time that we would say, like, maybe at some point in our life, we'll sell our house in Spokane and downsize and buy something cheaper, live somewhere more affordable. Because <laughs> it's like, you look at the price of your house now, and half a million dollars in Spokane years ago, uh, like five years ago, even, you got a lot. You got almost whatever you wanted, you know, in Spokane. A home on acreage, beautiful home on acreage, mm-hmm. you know, maybe over five, you know, five, 10 years ago. But home on acreage was half a million bucks, right? And it was, I mean, it was like the dream. And now... It's like that's a '90s builder builder grade home in the suburbs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you. Again, it makes a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a good great setup for a lot of people. But it's just yeah. interesting how things have changed. It makes you wish you'd kind of leveraged a little bit. What ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and just bought up a couple of those hundred and fifty thousand dollar ranchers that are now going for four five hundred, right? Dude, if you knew, <laughs> huh? You'd be retired. Yeah, those those split level entries, and it's like, oh, that's a cool home for one hundred and fifty, and now people are paying three fifty for it. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I could have had this. I could have had this paid off. By Get renting. the DeLorean. Get the DeLorean. We're going back yeah. in time. <laughs> Where's Doc? Uh, we we need a we need a spare flux capacitor though. <laughs> yeah, I need the flux capacitor. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Seriously. So, I mean, yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to get out of college now buy in this community not having seen price or not having seen uh, wage appreciation either too it's like holy crapoli yeah there's a lot to that though there's a lot to unpack there and i mean you got to think at least in the corporate sense so maybe not minimum wage jobs and such but in the corporate sense there's been a lot of adjustment where wages are going up i mean washington's the highest minimum wage in the country right um and the cost of living here is so much less though. Like just everyday things like, I mean, buying food, even with the inflation and stuff just now, like my gas is still only 360 a gallon. I don't know what you're paying in Spokane. It's like um, 420, 430. Yeah. So, I mean, that's slower on the uptake here. A beer here, like I can buy a bottle of Coors Light for $3 almost everywhere. It's, you know, I'm paying 6 $7 for that, which doesn't seem like much, but um, it all adds up, right? So the cost of living here is lower, but in general, I think you you mentioned kids getting out of college. I think we're getting a bit more common sense now to where people realize you're going to have to climb the ladder a little bit. You're not going to graduate into six figures. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And it's unrealistic to think that it does happen. Yeah, not unless you're getting in medicine maybe, and then you've done yeah. eight years plus already and you're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Exactly. So I think, um, again, something I talk about a lot privately or on here is I, th- I don't think the education system set up for success right now. I think what we're doing is we're churning out people with diplomas, but we're churning out people with diplomas that aren't practical in the real world, or we're creating so much of one thing. And then there's, well, supply and demand, right? There's something that will do your job. I can fill your job easy. You know, if you're doing, let's say data analysis and we've got, a million date like people that have got degrees that can qualify for that. And then we've got companies that are basically saying like, I mean, Tesla and others, Apple, Google, they're all moving down the path now where they're saying, we don't care if you have a degree, we care about aptitude over that. So yeah. then you've got people that have 
gone to school for four years going, but I'm better than them. That's what they told me in college. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I'll go back and do a master's degree and then you fuck off. I'll take experience over that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have experience and that, that's a nice combo. But I think the interesting thing is too, like they, gone are the days of single income household, you know, w- working at the, at the mill, right? Mm-hmm. Like with a, cause you know, and you're able to have a decent home and provide for your family and take a vacation once a year. Like, I think those are days are gone. I mean, you, I, I don't know how, you know, someone like that with that income level does it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's and not because they're not working hard, but just because it's like from a financial standpoint, I don't get it. I don't know how you do it. I mean, there's everything is so much more expensive. You got, you got to have at least two cars. It seems like now, you know, there's cell phones, there's internet, there's all these things that are reoccurring bills. And then you got to have subscription services for your 4k TV or your QLED TV, whatever fancy BS they're coming out with now (laughs) that you got to have, then you got to have five subscription services at 20 bucks a pop and your kid needs a cell phone at the age of three years old. And you know, they got to wear their Gucci belt to middle school. I I don't know. I don't even know. It's driving me crazy. So do you use, Still don't have any kind of TV package, right? No, we have Netflix. I mean, oh, you have Netflix. Okay, yeah, we don't have cable, but I mean, we have Netflix and Prime and okay. So you do have some. Yeah, I've got a bunch of them. Um, have you watched the Tinder Swindler yet? No, people keep talking about this Tinder Swindler <laughs> thing, and I don't even get it. <laughs> other than it's probably some guy on with a profile on Tinder that's somehow getting money out of girls. <laughs> It is infuriating and entertaining at the same time. Like the first thing, and the whole thing is trying to make it out that these girls aren't stupid, right? First off, if you're going and taking loans to lend money to some guy that told you he's a billionaire, you're a fucking idiot, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's all I'm flag. going to say, right? Red you flag. could ask me for $20,000, and if you can't give me specifics as to why you need it, I'm going to be like, okay, Ben, no, like... Yeah, I, I will with that. Yeah, I will. I will come and help you out. Like before, I'll like let's figure this shit out. Um, and here's the thing: I cli- I count you as part of my three a.m. crew, right, or two a.m. crew. Um, but if you're asking me to take a loan out to then give you cash, it's like uh, let's have a let's have more of a discussion than we're having here. Um, <laughs> you've got to watch it to get context. And I'm kind well, of Ben. Why are you asking me for money? This is something's something's definitely wrong. But I think yeah. that's the indication, right? It's like somebody who's like shiz, but it's like hmm, something's obviously wrong. <laughs> so and you're not telling me what's wrong. So let's address what's actually wrong versus just the band aid of a check. In a nutshell, the guy basically created a Ponzi scheme, right? So he had some cash to start, decided to portray this lifestyle, created like a website and such online that basically showed him as the heir to a diamond fortune. Um, So if you were to do a Google search for him, you find all this information about his father, who isn't really his father, by the way. And he's assumed the, the same name, but junior, basically. And... So you do a Google search and you find his dad and then he's got a website and on was his the profile. dad like a legit dude? The dad was a person, yeah, but he was dead and he was oh. the heir to the fortune and so on. So it was actually kind of clever how he did it. So then it progresses to he's he's projecting this lifestyle on the social medias and on Tinder. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to be in Oslo or I'm going to be in Monaco and you should come and meet me. So these girls had some 
means, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. They, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't loaded by any means. So then he would take them out on these dates. He would cover everything. Sorry if I'm ruining this. Spoiler alert. Um, it's still worth watching. I'm only giving you the synopsis. Um, uh, he uh, shows up, wines and dines him, and shows him this lavish lifestyle. Then they're dating, but he's highfalutin, traveling all over the world and sending pictures from friggin' Monaco and Spain and uh, New York and friggin' wherever he's going, right? So then he's like, oh, I'm in town. And then after a few months... He's got these stock pictures of the big bodyguard guy who these girls have met with blood on his head and then in the back of an ambulance. He's like, oh my God, my, my enemies have found me and um, I can't like I can't use any of this because they can they can track my credit cards and can you can you take a loan out and send me blah and they, they fucking did it and they just kept sending him money and then he would use the money they sent him to fund the next girl that he moved on to on Tinder that he met on Tinder. And then he had money to show her the wine and dine. And then it, it's, like I said, Ponzi scheme, but in a way where the guy was getting laid and basically taking money off of women. You got to live it up. Yeah, it's worth the watch. Like, it, it's in, it's infuriating it and entertaining. It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, we haven't watched it. I got a free evening tonight, so maybe we'll, Laura and I will watch it. We don't have yeah, it's only like an hour and a half. It's worth the watch. It's, That'd be kind of funny. But I'd love yeah, to do brief with you once you watch it. Debrief. We'll have to do another recording on the Tinder swim. <laughs> I mean, it's it's genius. He ended up. He got caught, and he he actually only did a little bit of time in prison, but never ever got convicted in Israel, where he's from. Um, like there was a whole group of journalists that tried to find him, and and now he's le- legitimately rich and on Instagram, so he's legitimately wealthy now. Well, that's like Jordan Belfort, right? Some of those guys. That you know, the yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, you see that it was like you know, they lived up to the highest point illegally, lost it all, went to jail, got out of jail, built it up now legitimately. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like the reason why they were able to build it up legitimately now is because of the fame that they got from breaking the law. So it's almost like unethical money, even still. Like, yeah, you did it legitimately now, but you used your illegitimate fame to do it. Yeah, well, so it's, it's kind of wrong. So it's kind still. of, uh, it was, I had this same, so when I was coaching at high school soccer in uh, Spokane, which I'm planning on coming back and doing, by the way, I should be there for a few months later this year. That's what um, you were saying, I don't believe it when I see it. Wow, well, it's going to be warm <laughs> when I come, so. Uh, yeah, um, maybe you will. But one of the things, I got uh, an exemption made for the vaccine, And this is not judging anybody that's done it or anything like that. I'm just not a big fan of abortion, right? So one of the things was in all of the research for all of the vaccines, they used aborted stem cell lines, right? So that doesn't mean that it was an aborted stem cell fetus. What they did was it was back in the 70s and 80s, they used stem cells and then replicated them, but they were from an aborted fetus then. So it's a yeah. cell line, not yeah. the actual stems. So Just how sadly um, many vaccines are made. So basically the, the argument I made was that, well, my understanding is that this is how it's done. I don't agree with that. So therefore I don't want to put that in my body. And I'm the same with any medication. I don't take medication almost ever. Um, and 
a check on medication before I take it. So that was what I argued and they approved the exemption. I don't know if I had to go into that much, but similar concept, right? It's like they're making money on the back of something that was really immoral and now they're on a pedestal and are able to make money on the back of doing something really wrong. And that's kind of how I felt about the vaccines. and Whether they worked or not was a different concept. I'm still unvaccinated, by the way. Um, well, you have had COVID now like twice. So I think yeah. that uh, you're I'm alive and well. Bodies. I'm, d- I'm doing good. Bodies. <laughs> but, no. So, so talk about, I mean, we've talked a little bit about work and all, but like you're doing your national thing now. You're no longer like selling accounts locally, at least yeah. from my understanding. Like, so how's work going? How you, like you set up an office at your new place. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily having to network locally anymore. It's all national. Sounds like. How's that? I mean, you're a pretty network and local dude. So how's it? I mean, psychologically, how does that work? Because it'd be different to go from being really well known in the town, swaggering around Mr. Steven, to now nobody knows you and you don't have to network or build accounts locally. That was definitely a caricature of how I act in Spokane. But sure, I don't swagger around being well known. Um, yeah, you, I am you well in there with your Nike gear and shiny shoes and um and... no that's been the biggest adjustment I've explained that to a few people that I don't I miss people in Spokane right so you guys like my yeah. friends and people that became like family and I still care about them I try and connect as much as I can you and I talk on the phone obviously we've got our text chain with three of our friends that only three of us communicate in and one jumps in every now and again um not to call Patrick out um, <laughs> it's like yeah, he, don't he, doesn't listen, he won't know yeah he doesn't say anything for a week and then all of a sudden he's all over it um so usually not, some weird obscure thing too it's it's been different but not bad not yeah. having that level of familiarity so um you know walking into bars and restaurants and not knowing who the servers are and not knowing the owner and you know the manager not greeting you and coming and offering you discounts and that kind of stuff like that was definitely an adjustment um not in a bad way like it's it's kind of nice it's it's different um but i'm starting to build familiarity like i walk ollie up and down the streets here people that work at the places are getting to know me and you know i've got my regular haunts and i'm i mean i, I can never get away from being the scottish guy right it's it's a novelty here so it's it's been an adjustment in that sense, but in a really good way. I've enjoyed some anonymity, um, and just being able to focus on work. and And to answer your question on work, yeah, I'm a hundred percent enterprise now. I don't have to serve two masters, which has been good for me from a focus standpoint. So I don't do well when I'm scattered. Um, I have more time to focus on major opportunities and have a lot of major opportunities in the works. And I event, essentially now my entire job is, I almost describe it as being a mediator between executives within my company and executives within other companies. So I have an entire legal team that I can send red line documents to and say, hey, they'll work with us, but here are the, here are the amendments they want to make to the, the process and agreement. Yeah, um, yeah. So we go back and forward and I'm the, the mediator between that and then I'm, dealing in the C-suite where I'm working with chief officer or whatever um, and learning that, okay, there's 
there's six people involved here from that company and I have to align them because they think they have internal alignment, but they don't. And they all have their own individual win as well as the company win. And how do we get them all a semblance of their win and then still be able to provide a product that delivers what we need it to deliver and what they need us to deliver kind of thing. So it's interesting. It's fun. Um, I spend a lot of time in front of the computer now, which is obviously different. I did a lot of face-to-face oh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the SME space. Um, and now I, I have yeah, that I step. Enterprise. What's that? SME. SME is small, small and mid-sized enterprise, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So whereas now I'm mid-market and enterprise. So mid-market is revenue-wise $10 million a year and up. And then oh, enterprise is 150 and up. So we just, that's how we segment it. Yeah, it's um, like banking channels as well. They segregate based on kind of lending amounts. Yeah, so different um, different sales playbook for sure. Different, different interactions. You know, it's not, oh, I own three restaurants and this is what I need. It's, hey, we're, we've got 350 employees in this location and we've got 10,000 total and we need all of these 110 locations to have symmetry and the same reporting and it all has to then sub report to corporate and so on and so forth it's all very uh it's kind of, it's fun it's different and it's kind of the space i i always envisioned i would be in doing something and now i'm doing it for something that i've just so happened to have become an expert in over the last seven years like i, I know things about payments now that I feel like I've forgotten more about payment infrastructure than a lot of people know. <laughs> so it means you're seasoned. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's cool. And so we were just at this conference, and I think this is pretty poignant, actually. Like, I I never feel like I've made it, right? Like I'm always striving for more. But it was interesting. I dressed up one night for the award dinner. I wore a suit, no tie, just just a suit um, and a button-down shirt. But for the sessions, people were coming that I'd never met and saying, hey, you're Stephen Brown, right? And asking me questions about what I've done and how I've done it and trying to figure out how they can follow a similar similar trajectory in the company to me. People from all over the country coming and asking me, how do we work together? How can I find an opportunity for you to work with? I heard Ben Clune had an amazing experience with you and you were able to close x amount of margin which got him paid x amount and obviously i get half of that as well and um so the cool thing is you said there's no networking there's a ton of networking but it's internal networking i'm talking talking about about it's not in face to face which is totally not traditional networking yeah i mean i'm working with people all over the country from within heartland that are seeking me out and saying hey can you help me with this complex high volume high risk, high reward play. And yeah. I get, so, so do they get to reach out to you? Cause, or that's just your love. I mean, who else do they get to choose who they reach out to? Yeah. So there's, we're like the special forces. There's 12 of us on the team. Some of us have vertical specialties. So some of us are yeah. subject matter experts in specific verticals. So there's actually a guy here in St. Petersburg who's amazing. He does really well in C stores and gas stations. So I wouldn't touch that because it's super complicated. Yeah. So he's he's a subject matter expert, and that's the beautiful thing about the team I'm working in. We truly trust each other and value each other. So someone comes to me with an opportunity like that, 
Alan knows I'm going to bring him in and I'll facilitate the first call. But then it's like, look, Alan's your guy here. I promise this is what he does and he does it better than I do. So there's a lot of humility as well. Yeah. Um, and I know that in other things, he's going to come to me and say, look, Stephen, I've never done something like this. You have, or yeah. hey, you've done, you've done this in a similar space. Can you take that? And I'm pretty tech savvy, whereas a lot of people aren't. So when it becomes a more technical sale where there has to be a level of understanding between the sales engineers and the solutions consultants, I'm kind of talking a lot in depth here and throwing industry stuff out. So if, sorry if that doesn't make sense, but where I can tie it all together with a nice bow and present it in layman's terms, I'm really good at that. So I'm getting those kinds of opportunities, but where I was going with the stuff where people were seeking me out, one of the days I kind of sat back, I wore a nice sparkly new pair of Jordans. I had a pair of jeans on, like nice jeans, and I had a polo shirt on, like a, a nice Nike polo shirt with Heartland on it. And other people were running around in three-piece suits and dressed to the nines and trying to impress like that. And in my mind, I'm going, not that I've made it, but I'm like, this is what I've always thought in my mind. I want to be so good at what I do that what I wear doesn't matter. Yeah, I get you. And I, for well, a minute- just your industry though is that mm -hmm. way a little bit like it's a similar to finance right like people yeah. wear suits like we were talking with a wholesaler the other day who like the people who represent some of the funds that we use right in our client portfolios mm -hmm. and he rolled in in like jeans in a polo which is not a, you know a typical for someone at 10 capital to be wearing that right we, we, we wear jeans and colored shirts almost every day now but you go to seattle you go to a conference like we go to a conference i mean they're dressed in their khakis and t-shirts and they're dressed in their suits and then there's us <laughs> you know yeah it's like, we just look out of place but we're one of the fastest growing ras on the west coast so you know there's that <laughs> yeah and my thing is i just always feel more related <laughs> relatable in a relatable, pair of sneakers yeah. when i'm comfortable i can make other people feel comfortable and yeah <clears throat> i used to it's dress old up. school thinking otherwise honestly mm -hmm. like i think you know and there's a time and place I think like consider your audience, right? I mean, if you're going to go meet with a group of attorneys, a bunch of you know, and they're just coming off a court where they're dressed up in a three-piece suit, like yeah, maybe you don't want to roll in in Nikes and jeans, right? You might dress up a little more, but or if you're meeting with a farmer, you're not going to roll up in a suit. You're going to roll yeah. up in your jeans and your boots and a polo, right? Mm -hmm. And, and well, look the part. The other thing is, so I work in technology. And you've seen a massive shift in technology here where think Apple. So let's say I'm working with an Apple-like company. Everybody wants to mimic Apple, Facebook, Google, right? So yeah, I'm not, I mean, we have massive agreements with all of them. So it's not uncommon for our CEO and Tim Cook to be on the phone. So we do a lot in the, the Apple space and the Google space, and we have agreements along the way. Um, so where I was going with that is... They, if you show up at any of those companies in a suit, nobody takes you seriously, right? Um, so if I'm well, in that wondering, space, are you for a job interview? Like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm in that space and those are the people that I'm meeting with virtually, and then eventually I, I, I still travel, I do the odd traveling to, to meet with people. Um, if I show up and I look out a place, they're like, what is, is a lawyer here, right? Yeah. I want to fit in. I want to make meet people where they're at, so to speak. Well, so. and that's smart, right? It's like you want to be 
you want to be seen as part of the circle too. So if you're, you know, playing the game, they'll, they'll let you in. Yeah. Um, what's the rest of the day hold for you? Friday, um, Friday at lunch, lunchtime where you're at. Yeah. So it's, it's almost one. Um, I don't know if I should share this. I was at a girl I've been hanging out with. I went for br- breakfast with her, brunch with her before I met with you. So, um, yeah. This is how many times you guys hung out? Four, maybe. Okay. Okay. Is she, did you meet her on Tindler? A Tindler. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Tindler swindler on my, the Twindler. I'm, I'm in the process of swindling her. I asked her for 100000 to start things off. Yeah, good. Um, you just keep it nice and low. You know, don't want to get too crazy. Hundred thousand jelly beans that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly no, she, came, she came to the Eric Church concert with me. Like I had a spare ticket, I'd bought two, and yeah, it was fun. Did she like Eric Church? Uh, she does. She wasn't like a big fan before. I think I might have changed that. Pit tickets mm-hmm. to an awesome show will do that for most people, right? <laughs> Depends on if they like country or not. <laughs> she does like country. Um, what so, does she do down there? She's a flight nurse, so like the helicopters that go oh, to remote okay, places. Scout. You did tell me about, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Cool. Well, it sounds pretty sweet. I mean, she gets to fly in helicopters. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, she flies in helicopters and sees horrific shit, but yeah. Well, yeah, there's that part. Yeah, that's not <laughs> so think think uh, uh, paramedic, except yeah. in a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not an ambulance. It's just, well, it's an ambulance in the sky. Yeah, um, essentially, they essentially only go to really, really bad. Yeah, it's bad not. It, yeah, it's, she sees the worst of the worst. Yeah, stuff that needs immediate so, attention. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like. I feel like we've talked, but we're an hour in, man. How did that happen? That's always what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, is it is it wet your appetite to do more podcasting? Every once in a while, yeah, I'll jump yeah. on it quarterly if you want to. Let's do it, but let's have a topic, like or topics, or mm-hmm. um, you find people there that you think would be interested in the interview, and I'll find people here, and I'll keep doing interviews and such weekly. Are you trying to like suck me back in? To do it? Wait, this just sounds like podcasting. Like no, well. Doing. Here's the thing. I, I've got to be completely honest. Like, doing it on my own is a different proposition, right? So yeah. I've always said I don't want to be scripted. So when there's a topic, I have to have – it's it's different when you've made a point and there isn't any kind of rebuttal or even an acknowledgement. It's just you, you know? So it's an adjustment. That's another adjustment when you ask how things are going. Like, that's a difficult adjustment. I think yeah. conversationally, it's – we kind of bounced off each other well, and I'm still adjusting to doing shit on my own. Well, you like to play devil's advocate, even if it's something that <laughs> you didn't want to. So it makes it harder. You're like, okay, where's the back and forth? Yeah. Crap, I don't even have an answer. But <laughs> so isn't, that, isn't that the key to good conversation and even perspective? Like, Well, I was going to say, I think it's the key to perspective and growth, right? As long yeah. as it is a valid argument and it's, uh, comes from a place of not trying to just beat somebody, but like expand your mm-hmm. your worldview. Then I think yes, yeah. And I would I would take it a step further. I think playing devil's advocate actually demonstrates empathy to a different level than most people are capable. So most people make their their 
statements, right? Or this is my opinion, and they usually end opinions with if then statements. Where yeah, and if line. if you don't agree, then you're excommunicated, or if you don't agree, then you're an idiot. Whereas if you say, so here's my stance, but I appreciate that someone could see it from this point of view. Like here's a devil's advocate thing, but doing it on your own is tough, yeah. right? Whereas if we both, and we do tend to agree on a lot of things. I know that we joke about being kind of honorary with each other. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, I think our values and our, our morals are similar, um, albeit that we have different backgrounds. So we could often agree or disagree on things, but be coming from a similar spot with in, intention-wise, which is why I thought if I throw in the devil's advocate argument, then at least it's thought-provoking, right? And it's acknowledging that, yeah, look, I see why you believe that, but hear what the facts point me towards kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm one of those types of people where it's like, I don't really care what people believe at the end of the day, right? And you get to believe or identify or whatever, whoever you want to. We've talked about this before. You just can't tell me whether or not I believe it to be right or wrong. Yeah. Sorry, I'm replying to Brian here. He's, I was going to uh, say, nice pause there, buddy. Perfect timing to just uh, totally stop talking. It was important. He asked what kind of booze I liked. He's at Costco. Oh, well, yeah, geez. <laughs> That's priorities of life here. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've got some expensive wine here. Some people have started sending me expensive wine for closing deals for them. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm like, okay, I can't tell the difference. Like, wine is wine. I either like it or I don't. But... Well, hey, maybe you like that Charles Shaw, two buck Chuck, Trader Joe's stuff. You know, that's your. I have a bottle of that in the same rack. <laughs> <laughs> I needed, I needed an extra bottle to fill the rack up because it, it was bugging me that there was one empty spot. Yeah, I don't like so it either. When I was at Trader Joe's, so I just picked up a bottle of two buck Chuck. I think just it's not. Point. It's it's more like five bucks now, but yeah, they um, raised it. What the heck, inflation? That seven point nine percent inflation, man, it's getting you. Yeah. So, hey, um, let me put you on the spot without giving it. So let's say this. Ben is a wealth advisor, but he's not your wealth advisor. Um, there's, there's <laughs> but, I could a, be, but I could be. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck's going on? Talk to me about the market and let's make sure it's compliant. I can't talk to you about the market too much, at least. Yeah, that's why, that's why that's why that's why I did the disclaimer. He's a wealth advisor, but he's not your wealth advisor. That's not <laughs> Do not construe this as any kind of advice. <laughs> oh god, Stephen. Uh, what's going on in the markets? Well, obviously volatility. We're starting to certainly see volatility return and we've had some of the largest swings in the market that we've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, 2020, 2021, positive years from an equity standpoint. Uh, you know, when people look I would say, look at the S&P 500. Don't look at the Dow Jones or the NASDAQ. Really, those aren't really indicative of how the market uh, represents itself because one of them is tech heavy and the other is only 30 stocks where even the S&P isn't a, I mean, that's a market, right? So you look at that one market, that's US large cap companies. That's mm -hmm. not representative of necessarily how middle, you know, and your mom and pa America is doing. At least yeah, we got some some green mixed in there today. Yeah, we got a mix today, which I mean, the last few years really, you looked at the major indices, the Nasdaq, the Dow, 
in the S&P and they traded in lockstep almost, which is really weird because that's not how indices should trade. And now we've seen uh, discrepancies in the uh, volatility in each of them. So, I mean, you look year to date, I'm not sure, I haven't looked today, but mm -hmm. I mean, NASDAQ was down about 18% for the year, the S&P around 10 to 12, and then the Dow, you know, hovering around nine. So that's a pretty wide discrepancy in terms of the drawdown of each of those indices. NASDAQ being tech heavy, tech's been getting hit really hard. So uh, what the rest of the year holds, I don't know. A lot of analysts predict that the market ends positive uh, for the rest of the year. But I think that depends on if we can control inflation and what the feds want to do. We do have a fed that is very willing to you know, they're, they're ready to jump in and fix whatever they need to fix because they also have elections coming up. It's, it's a yeah. year. Midterms are coming up. So you got to believe that they're going to be happy to, to buy votes in any way that they can. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know which way the market's going to go. I wish I did. Uh, I think it depends on what uh, the happens in Russia, Ukraine, if they capture Ukraine and push through to a NATO country. I mean, if they push through to a NATO country or, it's a whole different it's a whole different game yeah it's all messed up um have you seen there's two videos one is nancy pelosi when she gets asked about trading yeah oh, not, not, no. not the shuffle not no, the, not she, the... <laughs> I, I was i watched the first half of the state of the union i thought she was having a stroke her mouth and hands didn't stop moving she's all like <laughs> like fucking chewing on her teeth and well like, she's 81 82 years old i mean what yeah. do you no, but it was a it was a video where she's given a press conference and they ask her about her making money and trading. She, basically, the question was, do you think politicians should be allowed to trade when they basically make the laws and can trade ahead? And she's like, well, she basically goes, well, yeah, we should be able to do that and moves on to the next thing. And it's like, uh, no. So then some guy, I'll need to send you this. He made a video where she was basically doing the Kramer mad money thing. Oh, I had tears running down my face. Send um, it to me. Find I, it and send it. I want yeah, to see that. I'm going to, I'll put a link for it in the show notes for this as well. If you haven't seen it, it's probably going to be an Instagram video I send you. Oh, I nearly died. It was perfect impersonation of her and just the stuff she's saying. She's like, bye, bye, bye. Because a little birdie told me I'm going to vote yes on that. <laughs> So when you talked about the political side of it and the elections, that's what it made me think of, but it's hilarious. It's, uh, it is interesting, their ability to do that too. And you look at it and uh, I, I, this is unsubstantiated. I don't know if it's true or not. I've just heard it multiple times now is that you look at uh, elected officials and their ability to trade ahead of legislation and their performance, you know, over a decade versus that of the top hedge fund and mutual fund managers and they outperform. Yeah, her in particular. Like, officials. Her and her husband have made so she gets paid what a hundred grand a year, and yeah, her and her husband. Yeah. Net, if you look up her and her husband's net worth, and obviously it's like, well, it's not me that's trading; it's my husband. Yeah, but you're the fucking idiot doing the voting. So yeah, and it yeah. is her husband, and they yeah. have invested in real estate. I mean, the, he was a developer, I believe, real yeah. estate developer. So I mean, I'm not saying that you can't become wealthy, you know. In, in, in office and to each their own, but maybe not, you know, maybe not cheat the system that much. <laughs> Honestly, they brought up the idea of blind trusts. That's what they should do. If you're an elected official and you uh, 
vote on legislation that has the ability to alter the public markets, your money should be held in a blind trust. Meaning yeah, you don't have access to it. They give you quarterly performance reports, but you waive your right to be able to go in and trade individual stock positions. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I mean, essentially that's... That's how it works with fund managers. That's well, how it works with all The president has to put his wealth in a blind trust. I'm not saying that it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying me personally... I'd be like, oh, to hell with that. Like, I don't get to even monitor it. Like, I just have to, once a quarter, I get told what I earn. Nah. <laughs> you, can, you can, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's the blind trust part, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the blind part. I'm just not good with it, personally. I'm just saying that. Well, and honestly, that's how most people operate, though. If you told them they couldn't, that's one thing, right? They, they might not like that idea, but that's how most people operate. They don't go in and check their positions, daily yeah. to see how they're being altered based upon legislation that's coming out. That's just not how it works. Well, that being said as well, it may actually play into us finally getting some kind of term limit. Um, I have an interesting <laughs> thought for you. And I know we're at, I know we're at an hour seven, but um, before I leave, I'd like to get your take on this. And I know it sounds kind of, uh, sounds radical at first, but I'll explain the thinking behind it. I think every president should get an eight-year term. And not because, not because I want them to be, um, not because I want them to necessarily get eight years. I think the problem is the first four years you're trying to make sure you keep your job for eight years anyway. So yeah. if you give them eight years, yeah. it provides continuity for the country for eight years, right? Now yeah. you could offset it by saying the deal is though you don't get to pick your your vice president. Your vice president will be the person that ran against you if you're going to have a two-party system, Ooh. right? So now yeah. you've got bipartisan, quote-unquote, leadership. Um, so you're going to be president for eight years and you have a vice president for eight years. Now you guys can landlock or gridlock the country for eight years or you can find a way to work together. You know you're guaranteed your job for eight years unless you die or do something that gets you impeached, right? Mm -hmm. um, while you're in office. Um, or removed, right? Some whatever the article is that you get taken out for being mental or whatever. So in that eight years, once you're done, you can do no other work in politics. You're completely finished. And this is the same for the Senate and the same for Congress. So you can do eight years in the Senate, you can do eight years in the Congress, and you can do them eight years of each and eight years of president. So essentially your major political career is only allowed to be 24 years long. Yeah. And we have, a, we have an upper age limit of 65 and a lower age limit of 35. So you have a 30-year window to get this done. And what it's going to do, like I said, is it creates continuity. It stops a stupid game right now where you have the midterms and you have lame duck presidents for two years, the last two years of their first term and the last two years of their second term. Yeah. And it solves for so much, right? It just means you're locked in and it's like, hey, just remember when you're voting, you're voting for eight years, not for two or four or six. Well, and you're getting, I mean, one way or another, you're getting the Republican or the Democrat is the president and the vice president's going to be whoever doesn't win. I mean, if that's mm -hmm. the case, which is kind of an interesting concept. I always said uh, along those lines that you had to actually carry on the legislation of the prior president for the next two years, basically, for your first two mm -hmm. years of presidency. No executive orders day one, you mean? Yeah, no executive orders day one. You got to go and you have to actually continue the work from the prior president, right? Because it's like there was obviously uh, some support for that. 
because it got into office. So people liked it. So you need to continue on with the work that they were doing, whether or not you necessarily believe in it. I mean, that's like every CEO of a corporation. They don't come in and scrap the entire business model every four years because they don't like the business model, right? It's their job to go in and take up the helm and steer the ship in the direction that the board of directors and all the people that elected them want, not just one person or one particular demographic that voted them in. So, Well, the other thing that it solves for is exactly that, right? So I left this out of my little spiel. Um, But essentially, split terms are rare, right? So you rarely get someone that does four years. Now, we might get this here in 2024, heaven forbid, because I I think it's just going to cause chaos. But you might get someone that does four years, takes some time off or doesn't get elected and then does another four years. But it's rare, right? So split terms are rare. So essentially... We give someone a job that they have never had. Nobody has ever had that level of responsibility before. Every president that I can think of in modern memory, when they first get in office, they're a complete rookie. They, mm-hmm. You know, you've advised presidents like uh, George H.W. was Reagan's, right? So he then became, he was vice president, then president. Um, but as commander in chief, most people are coming into that without any prior experience. So the first, you got to think the first year or two, they're frigging learning the job, never mind able to do it well. And then literally then they're taking two years. And a lot of the times that two years is lame duck, right? Because it's like, well, I can't put this through because then I won't win the election. So eight years solves for that. I'm telling you, I just solved the whole American dilemma. (laughs) Yeah, you totally solved it. No other issues. And for one, she didn't shoot my idea down and laugh at me. No, I'm laughing at you. There's merit to it, though, right? Like, it's not. No, that's, it's yeah, not there's crazy. merit to it, of course. And I agree with most of it because I don't like the way that our political system is set up either. I think there should be term limits. I think there should be age limits on the upper end. And I get flack for that, usually from older people when I say that. But it's like, oh, come on. Doctors are phased out and retired. Attorneys are phased out and retired. Mandatory retirement ages in many of the largest institutions. Uh, you, you shouldn't have the new codes if you're 80 years old. I'm sorry. Like you shouldn't you take you away shouldn't. your fucking driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But you like, get to, is... you get to make executive orders that affect the whole country. Like, yeah. come on. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But... And look, without what, what's been done to Joe Biden right now is horrific on both sides. Right. So I feel like the left are like, we have a puppet. And the right are making fun of an old, frail man that cognitively isn't where he was 10 years ago. So I'm not, that, that again, not a political statement, not saying I like or dislike him. I don't well, think he's doing a great job. It's not only that, but it is. I mean, it's, it's, you, you, I hate this because you, you do have cognitive decline, right? After age 70, it's, you can see it. It's, I mean, we work with people in finance, right? So, and they're, mm-hmm. It challenges people to come in sometimes to be able to think and keep up with what we're talking about from a market standpoint, right? And so in when they're younger, they're quicker thinkers. They can keep up with it a lot of the time. But once they hit that age 70 and then 74 and 78 and 82, right, they, these four-year stints that like a president would be – I mean, it is rapidly declining that period of time. So I don't understand why somebody would be so selfish as to run – for office, even after age 70, knowing that medically speaking, statistically speaking, you're going to have massive cognitive decline during the years that you are president. It's like, who do you think you are? You think you're God? You think that's not going to happen to you? Why are you so selfish to run for office that you won't have that cognitive decline? And 
be in a position to not make smart decisions. Like, come on. Well, the other thing that that sort of makes me think of is, isn't the concept that you make laws and then go live by those laws? Yeah, but and I mean, not if you're a politician. If you're in your 70s and 80s, how long are you really going to live by these laws? Come on. Like, mm. let, let, let's face our mortality here. You are not that important that you get to make laws and then fuck off to the next life, whatever happens. Like, yeah, the whole idea of a public servant, right, is is lost. But yep, agreed. But, All right, I think we're about 15. done. Yeah, we gotta wrap this up. People are gonna get tired of listening to us ramble. Maybe, or maybe we just solved the whole political issue and we're going to be famous for it and go viral. I doubt that, but um, <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. So when are you committing to coming back on and saying hi to everybody again? I told you next quarter I'll do it. Well, next quarter's next month. Well, you really want to next month? Like, why don't we space it out a little bit? I'm just messing with you. He was like, do you want to come back next week? Next week? Yeah. We'll, we'll do accountability update? Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody wondering what a quarter is, it's basically the year broken down into four. So January, February, March is a quarter. But seriously, like I had to explain this to someone last week. They're like, why do you keep talking about Q1 and Q2? And I was like, well, it's quarters. Well, what does that mean? And this was a smart person. I was blown away that they didn't know. But, well, do you ever look at a financial statement? Do you understand how cute? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's business speak, right? So, yeah. all right. We'll get you well, on. Well, it was fun to catch up. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome, I guess. Um, Meh. Tell Lauren hi. I like her better than you anyway. Most people do. Story of my life. Um, <laughs> well, not I, I've given up trying. She has more intellectual conversations than you. She's, uh, yeah, yeah. All the above. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, why do you think I married her? Yeah. All right. I can probably hang out with myself. And to everybody that's listening still, um, we I appreciate you. Please rate, review, share, do all that fun stuff. And uh until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.